Amen. And I'm going to ask if you would uh, join me again. Uh, Brother Ken so eloquently uh, read the text uh, earlier in the service, but just for uh, the purposes of refreshment and emphasis, uh, I would like to uh, go back to the gospel uh, of Luke chapter 20, uh, verses 27 through 38. And just for some uh, historical uh, references, uh, I'd like to point out like that we have uh, three books in the New Testament in the beginning that are known as Synoptic Gospels. That includes Matthew, Mark, and Luke, from which I'm coming from today. Uh, synoptic means that they have some broad similarities. Uh, they are minor uh, differences, but they are, they are contrasted uh, from uh, the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John uh, is more resolute uh, about who Jesus is and Jesus' place. Uh, but these three Gospels are tell a similar story. Uh, and Luke is also attached. We believe that the author of Luke is also the author of the book of Acts. So it's kind of a continuation uh, of that as well. So uh, again, this will be finally from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 20, verses 20. Seven and ending at verse 38. And if you have it, say amen. amen. And if you're still searching to help me, neighbor, help me, Jesus, who help you get there quickest. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, this is the word as it is written by, as it is recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her. So in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore 
because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. And this is the word of God for the people of God. And on this afternoon, I would like to use for a sermonic selection, God is life everlasting. God is life everlasting. In this gospel, we see a familiar pattern of the Sadducees and, and in some other areas of the biblical texts, uh, also the Pharisees. Uh, they would seek to trip Jesus up, if you will, uh, with these questions uh, that they assumed would be impossible for him to answer. Uh, they, uh, these gotcha questions uh, that they thought would complicate Jesus's message as it pertains to the resurrection in particular to this verse. Uh, they saw Jesus as a troublemaker. Uh, we, they saw Jesus as one who was distorting the word of God. Uh, they saw Jesus as a heretic. And in religion, heresy is the, the most serious of sins. Yeah, yeah. Because heresy is, is not just an issue of you sinning. It's not an issue of you having a particular belief, but you're, you're encouraging other people to take part in your sin. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus' message about this resurrection uh, and this new message was for them a grave sin and a threat to what they believed which is why they sought to trip him up, and which is what they, why ultimately uh, they decided to allow for him to uh, be killed mm. in the flesh, that yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, we see a story, and I'm sure if the Sadducees were to be here in 2019, uh, they will be shocked <laughs> to see that Jesus' words are still even alive today. Well, well. Uh, that these examples, these earthly examples that they were setting forth don't hold sway, didn't last for 2,000 years. Mm. Fortunately, today, women are not property. Uh, men cannot just marry women. Uh, women now have a choice in who they marry, mm -hmm. which invalidates their argument. Uh, but what is still valid to this very day is that God is not the God of the dead. God is the God of the living. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
and God is going to transcend all times, customs, and traditions and be true to God's word. And one thing that we, in this particular time, and I've noticed and I've observed, is that there's a sense that there's a lot of things that are dying. We see dying churches. Uh, we see a dying uh, appetite for civility in our body politic. Uh, we see a lot of, we sense a lot of death, a lot of change, and it indeed is affecting uh, the church and people because we're asking questions, what is going on? How was it that our ancestors were able to do so much with so little, and we now have so much, and we can't even do little. Come on, preacher. How is it that it is not possible for us to keep that which the Lord has given us, even though so many people have worked so hard for it? We look in our own personal lives and we see death in many ways. Uh, but those who are not spiritually minded would see it as death. Mm -hmm. If an individual would visit New York today, coming from uh, somewhere in, uh, along the equator, where there is 12 hours of sunshine, 12 months out of the year, there is no such thing of, as leaves shedding from the trees. They will come here to New York and say, those trees are dead. <laughs> However, those of us who live here, we, we have four seasons. Mm -hmm. And once it gets cold, the trees shed the leaves, not because it's dead, but because it helps conserve their energy. They have to shed those leaves so that they do not die. Because if they keep those leaves when it's cold and there's a lack of rain, they will indeed die. It is an act of self-preservation. But someone who did not know better will see something that's dead, but those of us who will see it will see that it is something in probably three to six months is going to resurrect itself. It's going to have life again, color again, because it's going to be close to the source, the sun, once again. We understand that now we are further away from the sun than we were in July. But come spring, we'll be closer to the sun, and then life will begin to burst once again. But there is no death. There's simply a holding period, yeah. a change. And I believe that the same is true for the church, mm. uh, especially in this time that God is putting us through a holding period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God is allowing some things to die in the natural uh, because, one, we've probably stopped appreciating what we were given or we have begun to worship things and not worship God. Well, well. And the word says that God is a jealous God. Yeah. Not because God is jealous or threatened by these uh, tangible, inanimate things, but because God wants our love and focus, focus on God. God, is, God gives life. Yes, sir. Yep. Money doesn't give us life. Uh, buildings don't give us life. Well. Uh, bishops don't give us life. Yeah. Pastors don't give us life. Uh, musicians, trustees, stewards, they don't give us life. But God, Jesus, continues to give us life 
everlasting. Yes, sir. And I'm just glad that Jesus, when faced with the Sadducees in this question, he didn't stutter. He didn't pause. He was not intimidated uh, by this question, but he reminded the Sadducees, what you're focused on is the dead things. Yeah. Uh, but to God, none of us dies. Uh, we, we all live. You're focusing on the natural things, and you can't focus on the spiritual things, that, that God can do anything, and that there are things that, that yeah. we cannot comprehend. Uh, and that when we speak life and we believe that Jesus is alive and well, and we believe that God is alive and well, God will begin to resurrect, resurrect things in our lives again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, there are things that are going to come and pass. Uh, things rise and they fall. The law of gravity. Empires rise and they fall. Uh, people come and they go, but God remains the same. Yeah. Uh, we all will not be here 150 years from now mm. on this earth worshiping God, but there are going to be people worshiping God 150 years ago because God is never changing. Yeah. So my brothers and my sisters, uh, God wants us to understand that God gives us life that is everlasting, that God wants us to be true to what God has given to us. God wants us to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be individuals that we don't just act like Christians on Sunday or on Bible study, but God wants us to act like Christians all of the time that we have breath in our bodies. God wants us to love one another unconditionally. And loving unconditionally means that you forgive folk. That means that you don't hold grudges against people. That means that you don't talk about people behind their back. That means that you love people. Uh, Not because it's easy, but because it's the right thing to do. And we're going to hear rumors and we're going to hear whispers, but the people are looking for the church to speak life over some things, to speak life over our situations and allow them to see that so long as we have life and so long as God is alive Mm -hmm. and so long as Jesus is alive, there's always a way out of whatever trouble we find ourselves in. But it doesn't mean that just because God is alive that we're not going to find ourselves in trouble. Hmm. It doesn't mean that because God is alive and well and we have Jesus, that there aren't going to be people who do some shady and questionable things. Uh, We are not only seeing that again in our, we can't just assume uh, that in our politics, people that we want to win are going to win. Uh, We can't assume that things are going to always go right in, in our church universal the way that it should. Uh, but we should commit to ourselves that we are going to remain true to God. Amen. And God wants to know who's going to stand on truth. Mm. Who is going to believe that God is going to bring us through whatever situations that we are through, going through. And I believe that God has the power to do that. I believe that God is calling for us to do that right now. I believe that God is calling Alan Temple to continue to do the work. Just imagine where you were 10 years ago, as opposed to where you are right now. 
God can resurrect the dead. Yes, God can do amazing things. On, the same way that God can give life back to these trees that look lifeless right now, God can insert life back into our lives and into our church. As believers, we can't afford to be pessimists. We have to always be optimistic about the future despite what we're looking at. Regardless of what we're looking at, we always have to have a but God in our spirit. We have to always have a but God at the tip of our tongue. But God. Uh, they said this, but God. They're doing this, but God. I feel this way, but God. I heard this, but God. Because when we have God on our side, we don't worry about anything. God always has a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, all the way through Z, and even beyond that. I'm glad that God is able to do whatever God wants to do in our lives. And that also means, my brothers and sisters, that when you stand on the side of God, that means sometimes you're going to end up standing up against people. That means that people aren't going to like decisions that you made, but I'd rather be on the side of God than to be a side on any man or woman. I'd rather make decisions that God has called for me to do than to be the most popular person in the room. I'd rather be on the side of God than to be on the side of someone else who could be gone tomorrow. I'd rather be on the side of God that's everlasting, the God that controls my spirit, the God that controls my soul. The God that loves me unconditionally, loves me for who I am, regardless of what I've done in the past. A God that gives us peace day by day by day by day. So when you feel like giving up, when you feel like staying home, when you feel like closing up your wallets or your pocketbooks, you have to remember that God is still alive and well. When you are questioning the church or questioning society, you always have to remember that it's God that sits high and still looks low. And that men and women, we're, we're, we're frail people. We do bad things and we make mistakes. But God still has a way of seeing us through nevertheless. And don't give up on yourselves. There are a lot of us, we've given up on what God has placed in our hearts in the first place, but we tell ourselves we can't do it. If you have life in your body, I don't care if you have to, you're walking slower or you're walking with a limp or you can't see as well as you used to, you can't remember as well as you used to, so long as you got life in your body, do not give up on what God has placed in your heart. Follow what God has called for you to do and don't let anyone turn you away from that which God has called for you to do. In the same way that Jesus wasn't going to give up on his ministry, they were threatening him. They were sending people his way. Jesus had a mindset that he would lose his life, but he understood that he had a greater purpose. That his purpose was to do what God had called for him to do. And God also wants us to do what God has called for us to do. And it ought not be motivated by money, It ought not be motivated by your name being praised. It ought not be motivated by a plaque. It ought not be motivated by these things that are going to mean nothing 50 years. It ought to be motivated by the fact that you love God. It ought to be motivated by the fact that you love your brother and or sister that's to your left and to your right and to your front and to your back. It ought to be motivated by the fact 
that you love Jesus because you know that Jesus first loved you. Let us let go of these selfish ambitions, these things that tell us that I'm not going to do anything unless I get something back, unless someone praises me. Let us do those things because it is what God wants us to do, my brothers and my sisters. And just like they did with Jesus, there are going to be people who try to talk you out of doing what you're supposed to do. The enemy is going to try to talk you out of doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, there are going to be people who are going to wonder why you do what you're supposed to do, but it's not up to you to convince people why you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing what God told you to do. And if you're worried about everything that people thought about you and you're worried about trying to swat down every lie that's been told about you, uh, then you will not be able to focus on what God has for you in your life. And I'm sure all of us have a testimony. We're here in this church today, not because life is peaches and creams, but because we, we need God's strength. We need God's encouragement. We need God to continue to get us, give us what we need to get through the week because we want to remain strong because we recognize that we are weak. We are weak sometimes, and we need God. We all have been to a place where we want to just throw in the towel and give up. We want to leave our jobs. We want to give up on our visions. We want to take these collars off and, and go somewhere else. But it was God that kept us. It's God that keeps us. And it is God that is going to continue to keep us in doing what we need to do. So my brothers and my sisters, follow the example of Jesus Christ. Know your God. Because you are not going to be deterred if you have a relationship with God and you know who God is and who God has been in your life. And with God with us and with you on God's side, we ought not be worried whether God's on our side or not. We should be worried whether we're on God's side. And if we know that we're on God's side and we're doing what God has called us to do, God is going to do amazing and beautiful things in our lives. And my prayer is that after today that we're not going to be gloomy about news that we might have heard coming from Philadelphia but that we're going to be focused on the fact of what Jesus has done in our lives, that God is doing something special. God is doing something amazing. And, and I want to be around when God fulfills what God is doing in our lives and what God is going to do for our church and what God continues to do for Allen and what God continues to do for St. Luke and what God continues to do for the Amy Church as a whole and for the body of believers around the world. Amen. Let us put our faith in God. Because God will never let us down. Amen. God will always believe in us. And God will always trust us and know that we are able to do all things. It's okay, my brothers and sisters, to be weak. It's okay to admit that in some areas of your life you are weak. There's no way in the world that God can work in your life until you start telling the truth. Because the problem is too many of us are not telling the truth. We're putting on a mask, trying to look strong, when we have a God that's all strong, all powerful, and can do all things. And when we're honest with God that, God, I need you to be strong for me in this area, God will be strong. That's how you get those testimonies that I was weak. Yes, I was weak. But God stepped in and God gave me the strength to, to get through those situations. And because God's strong, all of us are strong. 
And we are all strong collectively when we work together. And we are on the same page. And we're operating in the same lane as God wants us to be in. God is a God of everlasting peace. God is a God of everlasting joy. God is a God of everlasting whatever God needs to be in your lives. Because that's who God is. And we have to hold on to that. There are young people who are coming behind us, who are looking to us to be strong, who are looking to us to set the good examples, who are looking to us to be faithful to what God is calling us to do. And I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you have in your brain. You are capable of doing whatever God wants you to do. Because God is life everlasting. God is bigger than our rules. God is bigger than our culture. God is bigger than our doctrines. God is bigger than our myths. God is bigger than anything that we make up to try to make ourselves important. God knows how to keep us together. And it's important for us to stay together in the midst of it all. And even in times like this, we have to remember that God is. God is. God is. Whatever God needs to be in your lives. And I wonder if we have anyone here today that believes that God is everlasting. That you believe that God will be that everlasting strength in your life. Because that's what we need in our time. We need people who are going to spread the light into the world. Spread that peace into the world. Not anger, not poison, not vitriol, but love. Just love. It's amazing what you can do when you love people. It's amazing how people can change when they feel love and not judged, or not hated. It's amazing what God's love can do. So let's hold on to that truth. That God will always be there with us. And that God is going to be that peace that surpasses all understanding. And that things are not always going to feel right. Things aren't always going to look right. But God is always right. Do I have a witness in here today that God is always right? And when the doctor says something that doesn't feel right to you, just always remember that God is always right. When someone's telling you something that's not right or wrong, just remember that God is always right. And I refuse to live in pessimism. I refuse to doubt God. I refuse to live in negativity. I refuse to give up on me. I refuse to give up on any one of you. I refuse to give up on God because God has never given up on me. And God will never give up on any one of us. God is everlasting. 
So I'm going to ask if you are able at this time, if you would stand, if you are able in this place, that this message isn't possible, my brothers and sisters, unless we have that relationship with God. And this week we celebrate Veterans Day, and we have a brother here who served in the military, people who went into war with people and came back without some people. And yet God kept us here. The God might have sent you all from one part of the country to here, from another church to here. You left family and loved ones, but God is keeping you nevertheless. That someone told you that you could not be but yet God has shown you that you can be, that you are strong. And in order for, order for us to have that, we have to have Jesus in our hearts. In order for you to forgive people, in order for people's comments to roll off of your back, to go through one ear and out of the other, for you not to worry about these things, you got to have Jesus in your heart. For you to trust that God is able to do whatever God needs to do in your life, you have to have Jesus in your heart. And what a pleasure and and an opportunity for me, a privilege, to be able to offer to you Jesus at this time. Now, there'll be one today, and this word has touched your heart. And you felt yourself. You are willing to admit that, yes, I'm weak. I've been weak in some areas, and God has been talking to me about it, and I've been stubborn about it, and I've told myself it's okay for me to be this way. I don't need to change. But in order for me to grow, in order for me to ascend, in order for God to use me to my fullest capacity, I do need to change. If you feel as though God has spoken to you today, not Reverend Minson, but God has spoken to you today, in your heart, we welcome you to come today to welcome Jesus into your heart as your Savior. Now, to be clear, God is not expecting you to get your life right, as some would falsely tell you. God welcomes us to come as we are. God requires, I don't care how messed up you think you are, God will take you up messed up as you think you are. Where other people say, I won't deal with you, God said, I'll deal with you. Because God is strong. Because it's God that does the cleaning. And the truth is, when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart 10 years ago, I was messed up. I was messed up. But I can attest to the fact that God does clean you up and God does strengthen you. I may not be whom I want to be fully right now, but I'm certainly not who I was 10 years ago. And, I, and to that, I give God praise. And, and some of us can attest to that. We may not be what we want to be in our full capacity right now, but thank God I'm not who I was yesterday. Thank God I'm not who I was before I heard the word of God. And if you want that testimony of your life, you're welcome to come. Will there be one? <laughs> 